I have something important to tell you before we begin. Let's hear it. Stick your taxes and resorts fees in your ass. We'll stay at TS Casino, no bogus resort fees or tourism tax or other bogus fees. Hope you drown in the Atlantic and choke on your fees. Do I smell bankruptcy? Howdy, it's Wednesday, January 22nd, 2020, and this is episode 117 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz Podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? One thing that's very good is listener Denny winning $5,000 in Las Vegas while wearing a Do For A Win shirt. Indeed. You could say he's no longer Do For A Win. <laughs> do For Another Win, as someone pointed out on Twitter. We should sell a patch that after you get a big win, you can just patch the A into another. That was uh, Better Life Rundown creator Carl who mm. who made that idea. I think that's brilliant. There's even space for it on the shirt to just have another. And you can just <laughs> Velcro that right on there when you hit a big win. But it was very, very awesome to get to work in the morning and see this picture of somebody in a do-for-a-win shirt with a big slot score behind them. It was, it was nice. And... Perhaps not totally coincidentally, we quickly made a couple more t-shirt sales after that, so... I think not coincidentally at all. <laughs> the people heard the news, they they understand what it takes to win the jackpots now. Yeah, it's a, it's a lucky shirt. I think that's scientifically proven. It is. Though, at that point, it is not accurate. Because you're no lucky, longer Lucky, but yeah, you, you wouldn't be due for a win then. Mm, interesting. It's a paradox, truly. <laughs> I personally would rather be wealthy than truthful but it's kind of the american dream the american way you would say it is uh anyways we're getting deep into stuff that we don't need to talk about speaking of stuff we don't need to talk about 2017 what happened (laughs) (laughs) lots of stuff that we don't need to talk about uh so borgata switched to m life mgm had bought out boyd gaming the previous year which we did not mention in the last podcast but uh i noticed when looking through they bought out their share of Borgata. They did not buy up Boyd Gaming. Right. <laughs> yes. My brain just not function. Holden's having a sleep regression, so it's really going well. <laughs> any thoughts on M Life? Completely smooth transition. No one had any trouble. Oh yeah, no one was super bitter for a while. That covers the the sarcasm quotient about the first <laughs> the first item, which we've I think consistently done ever since we started. I mean, at least the transition to fully integrating them into M Life was seamless. It's not like they had their own M Life account for yeah. multiple years. So if you have two M Life accounts, you can sync them now, and the card works at both places. I know when that first happened. There were people spreading misinformation, like you'll never be able to have one card that works everywhere because the card systems are different. And that is not the case. I have one card. It works both places. Borgata hates me now, by the way. I don't know what what I did because suddenly I went from getting like Monday through Thursday comped to 59 bucks a night Monday through Thursday without going to Borgata. So I don't mm. know what happened there. And the only thing I can think of is that I had played some really cheap video poker on my phone. Yeah, I heard some rumors on, was it 7-Out that they, no, was, you can bet on that, that yes. they talked about how it's negatively impacting some people's ADTs on the online gambling, which on, is, on Caesars. is totally ridiculous. Yeah, so if, and that's sports bets on Caesars. So if you place sports bets on Caesars, someone was told, I think by their host, 
that that those bats get counted in your ADT. They get counted as like a trip, which is insane. It is incredible. So now I'm I, I, I'm wondering if something like similar the, the happened fact to that me any online gambling counts towards ADT is absolute insanity. Maybe I'm just totally imagining this, and I was going to get this rate change no matter what. Although the other thing that could have happened is that it took them, you know, five months for my Vegas play to actually get realized in my Borgata offers. Because it was almost, it was very quickly realized in my Vegas offers, and those are now crap. But maybe it took a long time for that to be like, oh, hey, this guy went to Vegas and took comps. Dude, you cannot possibly be suggesting that perhaps the systems are not fully integrated yet. (laughs) That's what I'm hinting at, yes. (laughs) Speaking of things that are seamless and have gone incredibly smoothly, Bart Blatstein who we are so excited to talk about every episode, had multiple things open and close in 2017, first of which being the AC Fan Expo, which if you listened to every episode of the show, you'll remember we had yes. someone from AC Fan Expo to talk, to talk about what it would be. And that opened with a preview weekend, Memorial Day weekend. It had a preview weekend. It had <laughs> two more weekends, and then it announced that it would be suspending operations. And basically it was kicked out. And then they ended up suing uh, Bart Blatstein and Showboat over that. And I don't know how that was ever resolved. I think that just kind of disappeared. I think it it did sort of disappear. As you recall, I was very optimistic during that interview. And by that, I mean, even some people were like, hey, you weren't very nice to that guy. (laughs) Uh, What can I say? But I don't think it did great, but it definitely seems like they would have continued if not for being told. Yes, being kicked out by Bart Blatstein. You gots to go. The other thing was the Pier AC, which we've made fun of plenty, I think even in recent episodes, had its grand opening on August 4th of 2017. And I think... Had its grand closing on like August 11th, 2017. Yes, something like that. Uh, so that did not last long it just quietly disappeared and never came back for the next summer. So do you want to talk about Tropicana? Absolutely not. (sighs) So, so (laughs) Tropicana bought the Chelsea from Carl Icahn, who had just recently before that bought the closed property. Um, and, uh, I guess famously built a bridge between the two properties and now are renting it out as part of their you know, normal Tropicana property. So what do you think, Craig? I've never stayed at the Chelsea. Do I need to try to make that a priority? No. I think I do. I, so I don't know how they designate the <laughs> Chelsea towers. They're going to put me in the annex. Because if you're in the annex, that really sucks. And I don't think they really claim them to be different towers, but I don't know. And I would be very, very worried about it. But you would be right above Gilchrist, and that would be nice. And I've heard that the whiskey bar, Whiskey 5, is a good place. So that's also there. I mean, I know you to be a whiskey drinker. I, I've been known to drink some whiskey in my day. That's true, actually. I'm being sarcastic, but you do drink whiskey. <laughs> that is right. I don't drink the uh, the frou-frou drinks necessarily that you have, but I will have a nice glass of whiskey. Uh, the other big news, Hard Rock entered into an agreement to purchase the Trump Taj Mahal in March. And in July, they started smashing stuff, taking down all the very Taji things that were all over the Trump Taj Mahal. And obviously now it looks like a completely different place. So obviously we know it opened in 2018, but we'll get to that next episode. Indeed. We can't jump the gun. No. We have to keep the people in suspense. We don't want to spoil anything. Did the hard rock open or did it not? We'll never know. Frank Gilliam was elected mayor in 2017 in November. That was great. Don't think we need to talk anything more about that. Yeah. Uh, and the Steel Pier Observation Wheel opened on December 26th, 2017. That was the only day it was open in 2017. <laughs> I hear that 
if you want to open something in Atlantic City, the date to do it is the day after Christmas. <laughs> yeah, so I think it was that was something that you know they said it was going to open, and they kept delaying it and kept delaying it, and then it ended up being December, and they still opened it for some reason, and then. It was open for one day, and then it can't operate when it's, like, under 40 degrees, I think. And then mm-hmm. it was just under 40, cause it was like December. It was just under 40 degrees until the after New Year's. Uh, you know, Pure AC also delayed and delayed and probably should have just kept delaying until it never happened. But I will say about Bart Blatstein, he will try anything pretty much for at least a couple weeks, whether or not it's a good idea or a bad idea. I mean, certainly, for all the man's faults, you can't say that he won't give something a spin for two weeks yeah i mean you're listening to this obviously you can't see me roll my eyes but just thinking about t street and oh there there's not a lot of follow-through but he will do it for two to three weeks the uh what riviera beer garden the wave nightclub oh god anyways let's not talk about that anymore yeah okay why don't why don't you talk about 1917 craig i was looking up 1917 which is very difficult because there's a movie out right now called 1917 and if you search 1917 Atlantic City, it's just a bunch of movie listings, including the IMAX at the Tropicana. But I did, did find... Did Jones for the Tropicana? It did, which I have not been to in a very long time. I found an article by Dr. David G. Schwartz. Friend of the podcast. Called World War One and Atlantic City, in which he says, By 1917, Atlantic City was well established as a convention town, and it hosted the first major meeting of businessmen during the war. This meeting, held in September of that year, saw the attendees discuss how they could better coordinate domestic business to help the war effort. Herbert Hoover, then Federal Food Administrator but later President, spoke forcefully at the conference about the dangers of socialism should the businessmen not voluntarily aid the government. Also during the war, women and even men who summered at the shore no longer lazed around on beaches or in hotels. They knitted to help the boys over there. Even the men. Even the men, yes. Uh, so interesting stuff. I'll link to the article. Obviously, there's a World War One monument in Atlantic City on Albany and Ventnor Avenues that was constructed a little later. So no spoilers again. We'll talk about that in a later episode, if I remember. But uh, yeah, interesting. Always good to link to a David G. Schwartz article and, um, you know, not the most fun topic, World War One, <laughs> but uh, Atlantic City definitely involved. Yeah. So that's our look back. Should we look forward to March and going to Atlantic City? Are we going to Atlantic City? I don't know. You're the holdup. I'm always ready to go. You're always <laughs> yeah, <scheduled. laughs> that's absolutely what happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, we could probably do March. Uh, I need to confirm. So I was talking to one of my friends who I was wanted to see if he wanted to come with us, but he won't be available. But that certainly doesn't mean that we cannot go to Atlantic City. So we had kicked around, I think, the 6th or the 13th, which for yeah. you would probably be the 5th or the 12th. Yep. You had kicked around the multi-night trip, but it seems like that's not going to be this trip. Yeah, it seems like so. Just in talking to him, it, it sounds like after school lets out in May, he'll be more open to it. Mm-hmm. And I know that you will also be more available in the summertime, I would think. So. That's true. Which I don't know when your wife's school lets out, but... Late June. That, that sounds pretty late. <laughs> it's so frustrating. <laughs> so it would be like July or August for you? Yeah, pretty much. So for March, you had talked about the 13th, I think, because of because your of schedule. This, but yeah, the spring break, yeah. I mean, I've sort of had that penciled in for mine. Still work for me. 
Yeah, I think the 6th or the 13th should both basically be fine for me. I need to confirm either way and see if one is better than the other for us unexpectedly. But So would you be doing Thursday to Friday? Is that your typical move there? Or even Thursday to Saturday morning? So it, de- it depends on if we want to try to do a big trip, maybe in, in say, July, like a big midweek trip or something, mm. then I probably wouldn't try to push it to Saturday. But if we're not going to, then like, yeah, maybe I'll go for it. Yeah, good point. Got to save up those points. Indeed. The most valuable currency. <laughs> yeah. I've been tracking my my offers and seeing, you know, I haven't booked anything, which I sort of thought, like, why don't I just book because it's cancelable, but that's not the way I operate either of us, really, apparently. No. Which, to our friend Andy's I don't man. ever, ever think, why do I book until, like... 48 hours before right. I ended, and I'm like, why don't I book? So the funny thing is, I've gotten a change in my ocean offers, which I was expecting after my last trip. Uh-huh. But, but the change is that now I'm getting three nights midweek instead of two nights midweek. My goodness. I know. They have recognized what a high roller you are. And also that helps me not at all, because I can't right. do multiple Ever go midweeks. Yeah. But, but it still includes Friday night, so that's good. I, don't, I haven't gotten much from Hard Rock lately. I don't think I've gotten March offers from Hard Rock. Or February offers from Hard Rock, which is making me nervous. Like, did I somehow yeah. get caught off for some reason? I don't think I've seen anything from Hard Rock in a little while either. But typically they'll send me Monday through Thursday, and then the week of I'll get, like, a new update that gives me Friday off-season. That's, so, that's normally what I get, too. So I could get Friday there. The other thing is Resorts sent me, randomly, I hadn't gotten mailers from them in a really long time. Like, no booklet or anything. They sent me mailers like, we want you back Monday through Friday comps. At resorts. Nice. I, I pitched this to my brother and I said, like, you know, I'm sort of excited about the prospect of staying at resorts, but I obviously have the option, two mailers right next to each other, ocean on a Friday night, a resorts on a Friday night. Like, it's very difficult to justify choosing resorts over ocean in that scenario, right? Is it though? Okay. Convince me. Why would I stay at resorts instead of ocean? Toasted coconut donuts. Ooh, you're right. We're done. We're done having this conversation. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts at resorts. Cheaper than a one at Bally's. Ruby's Dinette? Come on. $10 blackjack. Yeah. Dealers the best rules in town. You, you, make a, you make a good salesman for the resorts. I have to say, uh, East Wind or whatever it's called is, is very good. Open late. Better than anything at Ocean, I think. Really? Well, I guess Villain and Saints not open late. But no. Wahlburgers open late. Yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't I'm assuming, either of those. But. I'm assuming the noodle shop at Ocean is open late. Shen Bang. That's the noodle mm. shop at Ocean. I haven't been there, though, so I don't know. I haven't been at East, to Eastwind either. There's a new sushi bar at Resorts. Indeed. Yeah, it looks actually very nice. So I would. I have not played at Ocean at Resorts since August of 2018. Haven't even put my card in. Wow. So I'm guessing... How is that even possible? I know. So, well, I mean, we only went two times in 2019. Yeah. So I'm guessing what has happened is... They have some bucket of players where if you get over a year inactive, they're just like, eh, send them a, send them a Monday through Friday off season and see what happens. Uh, so that's where I'm at. So I'm tempted to take them up on it. We need to do it, man. It's so low risk, right? Like if I, if you go book a room at Ocean and you don't want to, and you want to go play other places, you screw your Ocean comps. I'm not screwing my resorts comps. They shouldn't send me these to this room in the first place. I mean, neither should Ocean, but there's really no downside, I feel, to staying at Ocean. Staying at resorts, you mean? Stay, yeah, stay at resorts. I mean, other than the fact you'd be staying at resorts, but yeah, sure. Hey, other than the that. resorts rooms are are fabulous. The coral suites, man, I th- I think they're really nice. I think they're 
incredibly underrated. If there's one thing I need in a room, it's two two bathrooms. Two bathrooms. Need it. <laughs> Coral Suites. Having known you for a long time, it's more true than it probably should be. I'm gonna give them a twenty and be like, mm, make it forty, just to make sure I get those two bathrooms. That's twenty for each bathroom. <laughs> so you seem bullish on on the prospect of me staying at resorts. Yeah, I think it's great. We've talked a lot about Marina Trip. There's even an I mean, you've stayed at Tropicana a bunch for recent trips. Yes, but I have not been down at that under the boardwalk. We've seemingly basically given up on Caesar's Rewards. I haven't looked at my Caesar's comps in a long time. I'm sure that they're extensive. So, I mean, should we be doing something different for the sake of research and podcasting I mean, to not and not just be staying at Ocean Hard Rock? Whoa. Captcha on Caesars.com. Interesting. Oh, yes. This is a big fight between uh, Seven Stars Insider and Caesars because Caesars claims that they do not have a captcha on their site. They're like, mm. you don't need to do that, this. And it's like, every is... time I go to the site, I have to do it. And so that's what Daryl no. from Seven Stars Insider is saying the same time thing. Like, you can't tell me this doesn't exist because I see it every time I log in. Look, we don't know what yeah. you're talking about. Interesting. Anyway, I can say that if this is an argument, I agree with Daryl that <laughs> there is, in fact, a captcha on Caesars.com. Uh, I do not get Friday night comps at Caesars. But at the other two properties, you do? Nope. What? Sure don't. You don't get any Caesars no, comps on Friday night? No Friday nights in March do I have a comp. My Zero. Mind is blown. I think as it gets closer, you probably will. But Incredible. Mind is completely blown. Yeah. Who knew? Caesars hates us. They know we've talked a lot of shit. <laughs> Which we have. A lot it's, of shit. Wouldn't be unfair. We wouldn't get comps anywhere if it was if we couldn't get comps places where we talked shit about. <laughs> Except Hard Rock, maybe. Because, yeah. you know, I've just completely blown smoke up Hard Rock's ass. Indeed. Uh, I do get comps in January on Friday nights, though. Yeah. Not that's... not even February. February, no, no Friday nights either. I feel like this is promising that when it comes down to it. But you don't want to stay at a Caesars property anyway. No, I don't. The real question is... Borgata, Golden Nugget. Uh, that sounds, they both sound expensive, and Golden Nugget's probably terrible, though longtime listeners of the podcast will know that I've said for a long time, I need to stay at Golden Nugget sometime, but that will be at a time when I'm going to Atlantic City more often, and I won't feel like I'm ruining my trip by staying at Golden Nugget. Or Tropicana, your favorite, West Tower. I mean, certainly that I don't need to do that because I stay at Tropicana a lot. <laughs> Like, more than half of my trips in the last three years, probably, I've stayed at Tropicana. I should get you to book me a Tropicana room. I can do that. See, I want to spend time at Tropicana. I want to go to Olan. I want to go to Okacha. Uh-huh. I've been to both of them. I want to walk around in the quarter. Yep. Don't want to gamble there. Don't want to play yeah, video no, poker Gambling there. there is is very bad. Don't want to play table games there. No, the table games are awful. They have a big slot selection, which I like slots. Yeah, the, the slots are all right. The table games are just not good. Yeah, and the video poker sucks, which really is annoying. Yep. Uh, I mean, I've heard the 10 North Lounge is pretty good, but... Uh, one thing, a listener, Tom, emailed saying that there's 9-6 video poker in the high limit slot room at Ocean. Mm-hmm. So that's worth going and checking out. Yeah, I absolutely. One, one, it's $1, but, you know, whatever. That's pretty... That's not... I wouldn't I call prefer that two, high I limit. prefer the, the $2 increment, but yeah, yeah. You might be able to... It might be multi-denomination. It probably is multi-value, yeah. Because there's no difference between $1 and $2, because you're only paying... On the Royal, regardless. So anyways, all I'm hearing is that I should be booking my, res- my resorts room. I should be calling from work tomorrow and say, give me that room. For the whole month of March? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Just every Monday through Friday in March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Done. Yeah, anyway, I think I think 
we can try to do something for sure. I don't know if I'll stay Friday night or not. I think we should try to do a big summer trip midweek. I mean, I've an infinite amount of vacation, so uh, that won't be a problem. I'm hella and, limited. Hella limited. Especially I mean, you, you just told me that you had like four days of vacation already after like having none at the end of the year. In July, week-long family reunion. Okay. And a wedding that I'm going to have to take three days of leave for. That sounds like a personal problem. Can't you call out sick or something? Eh, it's a little tough since they know that I have an Atlantic City podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Come on, man. Six to the thirteenth. Any thoughts? I don't. I don't really. We can talk later. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'll have to ask the scheduler. I've had thirteenth in my head, but I I think that's movable. Yeah. Either way, send out an email. Make it happen. Big meetup. Big meetup. The biggest <laughs> on Thursday night before I get there. If we're going, maybe reach out to Seven Out. See if if either of those days are better for them. Would be nice to meet up with them. Oh yeah. Good call. Should we talk about some news? I suppose that's surely why our listeners are here not to hear us talk about gambling. They're desperate. They want to hear about Atlantic City news. They're desperate for an update on the petition. They heard us talk about the way things yes. used to be when we were very serious about city structure, governmental and structure. Everyone will be interested to hear, despite us saying that the petition was did not succeed last time. It turns out Marty Small is pushing ahead and saying that, you know, it looks like it probably would end up succeeding after the court battle. So why don't we just have an election? Yep. March 31st, they're going to vote on it. So I don't know. We'll update after that. I don't think there's anything, any reason to talk about it before then. Yeah. Although I do have to say it, it does seem, uh, you know, I guess the idea of the swamp has been pretty big recently. And I saw that some of the people that supported the position include people like Steve Sweeney's union. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> interesting i mean i feel like new jersey politics are swampier than most and oh yes it's no one more personifies that than mr steve sweeney i feel like yeah well anyone who's ever been in any elected position in atlantic city maybe <laughs> with the exception of don guardian indeed yes do for a win favorite don guardian can he come back I, I think he was pretty close allies with marty small so i don't think it would be too big of a difference uh anyways less sirens too so speaking of marty small and sirens Yes. He is very eager to get the Trump Plaza torn down to the point that he is meeting with Carl Icahn, who owns the Trump Plaza right now. Second, uh -huh. second Carl Icahn mention of the episode. And uh, screen grabbed a David Danza's tweet about himself meeting with Carl Icahn, put it on Instagram, and in all caps said, DIRT DOWN! So he's very <laughs> eager for this to be done. Uh, and this is something that I was looking back at, you know, like 2017, 2018, and there was a lot of talk of like, this will definitely be done in Q1 of 2018. And obviously it's still standing. Mm -hmm. Do you think Marty Small's eagerness to get it torn down helps or hurts the prospect of Carl Icahn actually tearing it down? Thinking oh. about who Carl Icahn is. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Like, certainly if he goes in and is like, you must tear it down, like that obviously is not going to help anything. But I assume for perhaps no good reason at all that that's not what's going to be done. And, and you know, if the city really wants to make it happen, I'm, I'm sure that there can be some deal that could be worked out. Right. I mean, so part of the problem is, I mean, the thing that Carl Icahn's always said is that he needs, he's going to need financial help from, from the city or from the CRDA to, to tear it down. Right. And now you've got the city, the mayor of the city saying like, yeah, I really want this too. So I feel like Carl Icahn's going to say, okay, fund it. 
which I guess <laughs> is not really a change in position for him. I I believe that that any any path going forward is going to involve tearing that thing down and building something new there. Yeah, except keeping the rainforest cafe because Indeed. that that will live forever. Yes, the jungle grill will never die. It will be the Rainforest Cafe Casino, as we mentioned last episode. <laughs> How excited for you are that. By the way, someone pointed out uh, that the Rainforest Cafe has not been in the MGM for many, many years, which, like I said, last time I was in Las Vegas was 2013, I think. Yeah. So that shows you what I know about Las Vegas. Yeah, that was legendary podcast listener Bogan. Indeed. Yes, I, I didn't realize that. And I have been to Vegas, but I don't think I set foot in MGM Grand on my last Vegas trip. Oh, my God. Didn't go in through the lion's mouth, which, as we all know, is still there. Because it was not <laughs> a bearer of bad luck and did not hurt their business at all. Definitely, definitely still there. <laughs> oh, man. You look at old pictures of that, and I know, you know, obviously superstition or whatever. But I do think, like, wow, that looked so cool. Also bring back, you know what they need to bring back? Animatronics from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I'm just really annoyed that we're, like, past the era of animatronics. Frankly, do they need to bring that back more, or the Wild Wild West animatronics? I mean, the Wild Wild West is my first choice. Obviously, Rainforest Cafe Casino, second. I would settle for, like, Showbiz Pizza Casino, featuring the Rock of Fire Explosion Band in the former Atlantic Club space. Possibly the Dizzy Dolphin Band. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll figure something out. Someone come work with me. I need funding, or I could just claim I have funding and get a tour of the Atlantic Club property with a bunch of press and say, okay, well, I just need a little more funding to make this happen, and then it'll fall fall apart. Anyways, the Hard Rock chairman and CEO Jim Allen says local leaders need to start fixing the city's problems, which is doubling down on his December comments that Atlantic City is worse now than when Hard Rock first came in, in the former Taj Mahal space. So I'll link to a David Danzis article that includes some quotes from Jim Allen, including, I'm afraid that if the image of Atlantic City doesn't change, then continued reinvestment into Atlantic City is going to be a significant challenge. We don't understand why there's not a sense of urgency to fix these things, meaning basic stuff like broken streetlights and criminal behavior on Pacific Avenue. It just seems as though no one cares. We've got to do something. And then he added, if they, meaning the CRDA and the state of New Jersey and the city, think the last recession in Atlantic City was a challenge, the next one is going to be tenfold. What do you think? Sounds like a man who wants the state and or CRDA to invest more in the city. I don't don't know. Seems natural. What do you think his agenda is here? Trying to get the state or or CRDA to invest more in the city. It's his agenda. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is all stuff that like everyone's been saying for years, right? Yeah, like, yeah. CRDA... I don't think it's I don't think it's any any tangibly different. Like, I don't think the city's worse than it was when they came in at all. I think it's uh, probably the same. I don't I don't know. When I first read this, I was sort of like, "Ooh, is he saying that they're like Hard Rock's not going to keep putting money into improving the Hard Rock if if these improvements don't get made?" But I I think the more I read it, the more I don't think that's the case. <laughs> Look, he's not wrong, right? Like, Atlantic City has problems, and. All the casinos would be better off if Atlantic City had less problems. And, you know, I don't think it's wholly unreasonable for him to expect that the casinos shouldn't be the only ones that have to try to invest to, you know, bring people in Atlantic City. And the city and the CRDA and the state need to do more. I mean, probably not really the city. They don't have the resources for it. But, you know, the CRDA (laughs) and the the state, like, you know, there's more they can do to try to make it an attractive place to, to visit. And that would be good for him. And that's what I think this is. 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned not really the city because they don't have the resources because a lot of this does get pinned on the city and a lot of... Yeah, I don't think the city has too much to do with it. You know, the response to Marty Small saying that a big priority was knocking down the Trump Plaza was like, oh, you've got all these problems to fix. And sort of there was this very (laughs) clear connection between what Jim Allen is saying, you know, not that Jim Allen made this connection, but, you know, just seeing these two things side by side in Twitter and on our agenda of here's all these problems that are probably fixable with some effort and Marty small talking about knocking down an old casino property and probably having to put money into that. Uh, so sort of related to that last time I was in Atlantic city, whatever it was three weeks ago. Now we were driving down Pacific Avenue in the morning, uh, as we were about to leave. And my wife said, Atlantic city is depressing. And she is someone who likes Atlantic city. So it is interesting that we were driving down Pacific, which is sort of the, main street really the one indeed. that's closer closer to the, ocean, to the atlantic ocean yes indeed which it's really been... makes no sense but uh especially if you grew up going to ocean city maryland where it's atlantic but uh you know he mentioned some fixes what i don't really understand and it's not a quick fix is like driving down pacific there's boarded up storefronts there's cash for gold there's sex shops and liquor stores i mean the fix for that is Things like the Orange Loop, right? Like local investment, smaller investment. And that's coming slowly. But like how much can the state really do to spur things like that? There's probably some general investment that can be done. I mean, here's the problem, right? As always, it's it's there are a lot of problems. There's not going to be enough resources to solve them all. Like frankly, like there's not. And people need to prioritize what's important. Like is, is tearing down Trump Plaza more important than you know, whatever else that amount of money could be spent on. Like, maybe it is, maybe it's not. I don't know. It's just about trying to figure out what, what the best way to get a big bang for your buck. I mean, here here's another thing, though, like, for, for you to think about. I suspect it's the same for both of us, but I don't know this. But if Atlantic City was a much nicer place, right, if it got a lot of investment, if it became much more gentrified, I think that's a place I'm less interested in going to. I don't know if it's the same for you. It's probably not that way for most people, but certainly for some people who are big fans of the city, like, you know, some gentrification I think would be good, but too much is like, I don't really want. I mean, I think you could fix up a lot of Pacific Avenue and not lose the character of the city. Maybe people who live there would strongly disagree with me, but I expect people who live there would also know. greatly like to see some some fixing up of Pacific Avenue. Yeah, I mean, like, believe me, everyone wants, like, if there's a grocery store in Atlantic City, like, I don't think anyone would be, like, too disappointed in that, but... For me, I don't think of the grittiness of Atlantic City as, like, a selling point or a charming thing, so I would not say that I would be missing that, although maybe... It's one of those things where you don't realize that, you know, everybody talks about how Vegas is better when the mob ran it and that kind of stuff. So maybe if you have feelings like mine, I mean, luckily, like, you know, I don't really have anything to worry about because I don't think anything's really going to change. But (laughs) (laughs) just because it would take way too much money and and resources that they're not going to spend that way. They're not going to spend that way is the operative thing, right? Because the CRDA has resources and it's it's a question. It's not a question of. But the CRDA, like, here's, here's like, the, the, the thing with them. Like, how much do they really care about the city? Like, they care about the casinos. And, like, the, the thing that Atlantic City's always been is is it's been this two-headed thing where somehow the casinos in the city are a little bit related, but they're not really all that related. Like, the health of one doesn't necessarily indicate the health of the other. 
Yeah, and we we talk about things that the casinos do that are in their best interests. So, you know, you get people saying, like, oh, fix up Pacific Avenue and stuff. And then at the same time, there are people talking about, like, limiting the number of casino licenses in the city, which is like a direct limit on the invest amount of investment in the city, which all the current casinos would be in support of. So if you're talking about, like, investment in the city, you're really talking about only a certain amount of investment, right? Like, certain types of investment. You don't want investment that's creating competition for you, which is maybe something that could help. You know, there was talk of years ago, the smaller casinos, the potential that the Chelsea, which obviously we talked about, is now part of the Tropicana. You know, they've, they wanted for a long time to be able to build a small casino and, and needed a, a change. And actually, Hard Rock was involved in that too, because they wanted to build a boutique casino and needed a change in the rule of, of 500 rooms minimum. And so, you know, the Caesars and all them fought that very hard. And like that kind of stuff is not working in the best interests of the city. So like the casinos can come out and say, oh, we really wish that they would fix these problems. But like they're also doing things to stand in the way of bettering the city by that kind of stuff, by putting deed restrictions on closed properties. So there's a lot of actors involved that are have competing goals that like seem like maybe they have the same goal of like generally improving the city, but then they like want it done in different ways. So I think that's a tough thing to reconcile. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard. You can you can do it. I mean you can make the city better and not lose all of the charm. You can make it more like uh, a place like New Orleans, let's say, which is like definitely has some grit, but it's like you know still a pleasant place. It doesn't feel too gentrified or whatever. So there there are ways to do it, but it's kind of a, a thin road to walk down. Just make Pacific Avenue a red light district, <laughs> open containers, and just have it all out there. <laughs> I don't think that necessarily is going to make things better. But. <laughs> you know, we talked about open containers, and that's something that I think we first brought up on, like, episode 14 or something, yes. when it was talked about as something that the city was trying to get done or was pitching as a possibility. It came up again around episode 70 as the city council approving it, although not actually the power to le- having the power to legalize it. Still something that's on the table now, you know, years later, so... I mean, that's something that would draw in people and maybe draw an investment of, of places like, you know, Bungalow Beer Garden and stuff like that. You might get more of those types of places if those laws were in place. That doesn't necessarily help Pacific Avenue, but it helps the situation maybe of where you've got nothing but head shops and, and cheap t-shirt shops on the boardwalk. Uh, I mean, well, let's let's... I mean, if you don't mind, I'd like to bump the data talk to maybe we can do an episode next week and talk a little bit more about about maybe more specific plans and, and the data. And, and we can dig into this a little bit more because I don't want this to be a super long episode. But uh, I mean, I think there's there has been some success, though. I mean, I do think that the Orange Loop has been a pretty big success. I, I do think that that Bungalow has shown that there's some appetite for for kind of nicer things on the boardwalk i don't think that that it's a big secret if you talk to you know eleanor and bill at route 40 like i, I think if you want the crda crda to succeed and try to make atlantic city a better place instead of trying to make the casinos a better place all you need to do is try to invest more in individuals and in small business owners and and less in the big corporations there and i think that'll that'll help a lot 
Yeah, and we've seen some of that with state funding. I mean, I know there was talk of a brewery going right next to Little Water Distillery with some state startup funding, and that, yeah, that, that hasn't happened. Disappeared. I think there was some talk that it would be end up being actually a different brewery. That hasn't happened. But yeah, I mean, the state could also do things in terms of tax incentives to open stuff, uh, you know, depending on how you feel about stuff like that. But in terms of like small business related things, certainly the CRDA, if it really wanted to shift focus could put some power behind th- efforts like that that would help a lot in i mean you mentioned bungalow but stretching beach block back from the boardwalk the way that uh, the orange loop does and even the orange loop like still is has a lot of unrealized potential right like there's still you walk down it and it's like oh some of this stuff needs to get fixed up more <laughs> you know there's still more <laughs> stuff that could go here in and the walk it is, it is it is it is can definitely be a little bit of a sketchy walk still from from the boardwalk down to some of the places on the orange loop but uh i mean like if you do look at things like the bungalow down near the tropicana like that's a legitimately nice property or you know beer garden or whatever it is right you walk by and you're like that looks really nice and it wouldn't be out of place anywhere i don't yeah, think tennessee avenue beer hall same thing mm-hmm. and that's happening but for it to happen in sort of that grassroots way where it's people who are really believe in the city and believe in the business side of the city and, and think that things can work there if they're just done well, uh, that takes time. And so for Jim Allen from Hard Rock to say, it, you know, it's worse than it was when they opened, which I, I don't necessarily believe. Maybe, I mean, maybe in some ways, like certainly having a mayor who seemingly did nothing and then got... <laughs> an FBI investigation on him for a year doesn't help the situation. Uh, you know, things are happening, but the expectation that things would get fixed that fast is just like, that's not the way cities work. And I know Atlantic City is very small, but things don't improve even in like rapidly gentrifying neighborhoods in that amount of time. So I don't know, like maybe their expectations are out of whack. Mm-hmm. That does downplay, like, the streetlight stuff. Like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, sure. enforcement of stuff on Pacific Avenue. Like, that can be done, too. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's certainly that, that kind of stuff helps. I mean, I don't want to get all 1980s Rudy Giuliani, but, you know, I think some level of of trying to just make the city look better probably does help improve things for everyone to some degree and helps discourage other parts of lawlessness. So he, here's sort of bringing it back to... Blatstein, who I bemoaned at the start of the episode. You know, I stayed at Ocean. Mm-hmm. I talked about it last trip, last episode. I'm looking out my room at Showboat that is open, but looks closed, right? Yeah. Like the signage is off. Oh, it's, it's awful. It, Frankly, like, it's it's been, sorry to cut you off, it's been very perplexing why the city has always been so behind Bart Blatstein when, you know, well... Glenn Straub has his own set of problems. Like they've they've always been like very anti Glenn Straub, which, like I said, now you know he's got bigger problems to worry about. I think, but I mean, Bart Blatstein, someone who's done really nothing for the city, and like I don't think he's going to do anything for the city. Yeah, I mean, he had a track record in Philadelphia, which I think people who live in Philadelphia now yeah. feel not as great about that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I think it was mixed. It was. I mean, yeah, you talk to a lot of people, and I don't even think they're they're super impressed with what he did in Philadelphia. Right. And, but I think at the time, the city was desperate, Like, right? It was after the foreclosures in 2014. He started scooping up a bunch of property. But it became pretty clear pretty early that he was just 
scooping up properties and sort of waiting on other investors to come in and increase the value of his properties. And then, you know, that hasn't come to, to fruition in terms of he hasn't flipped anything yet, as far as I know. But that's someone who is not as big as Caesars, but a big business, right? Buying big properties. So we talk about Orange Loop doing things slowly, but then you've got like someone who owns a ton of property in Atlantic City who's got this like giant ugly carcass of the showboat. And like, yeah, Trump Plaza is closed and that's sad to look at that in the center of the boardwalk. But to me, it's maybe even more depressing to like look at showboat and like this is something that's operational and it still looks like shit. And so to have that giant thing sitting there and you're like, what is my hope for that to exist? My hope that Trump for Trump Plaza is that it gets demolished and they do who knows what, like extend the outlets to the boardwalk or put something else there in the middle of the city. Like, I don't know what my hope for Showboat is, just that eventually this guy sells it. So we don't know what's going to happen with Atlantic Club. They're talking about selling it off piece by piece. Like, who knows what sort of like weird stuff that leads to. It's getting to be weird. I think those two properties are going to be a problem. I mean, especially Showboat, it's going to be hard to do something with that now, really, that it's kind of become, like, apartments or condos or whatever that's going to, like, end up just, like, making that a big mess. Atlantic Club's going to be a big mess with what they're doing with it, so. And I think these are problems born out of just the boom period, right? Of, like, you had this giant boom. It was licensed to print money by opening a casino in Atlantic City. And as we've said, as Dr. Dave said when he came on the show, like, they just, they never fixed the things when things were going so well that now that things are going poorly, it's extra hard to fix these things. And it's hard to sort of steer things even in the right direction. But the question of whether or not you have the right people behind the wheel is... (laughs) Well, who's even behind the wheel now? We're talking a lot about, like, whatever, the mayor and, like, whatever, but, like, frankly, none of that matters. The mayor's not doing anything, right? The state runs the city. And it's not one wheel, right? Like, it's the state, it's the the city with, you know, who's maybe in, like, a sidecar somewhere. It's the CRDA, it's the casinos. So there's just a bunch of different actors who are all trying to push their own thing and, and... Maybe it just halts everything in a way that <laughs> makes all this stuff happen very slowly and makes it difficult to fix things like street lights on Pacific Avenue. I mean, certainly you can you can you can probably do something to fix that with minimal investment. Hopefully, just getting the right people in the right places to improve some efficiencies. But I don't know. So you know, we sort of free associated about this stuff. And I, when I first read right. these quotes from Jim Allen, I was like, oh, like I read the David Danza's article and I sort of thought like, this is sort of like an annoying thing to say, like it doesn't affect anything. But the flip side of that is like nobody from Caesars is saying shit about Atlantic City. Like nobody from El Dorado. I don't we think have, anyone from Caesars is thinking about Atlantic City, frankly. Like, we have no idea what El Dorado thinks about their investments here. You know, they're going to end up with four of the nine properties in Atlantic City. Maybe. They may be forced to spin one off, but we'll see. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean, what Tillman Fertitta is saying about Atlantic City, the owner of Golden Nugget, what he's saying about Atlantic City is, like, it's got too many casinos, which I don't agree with. I think we're on the same page on that. So, like, having somebody who's a New Jersey guy saying this stuff and seemingly, you know, his company's put $500 million (laughs) into refurbishing a property, maybe he is someone who actually has some weight to start pushing things in the right direction. But it's it's not about that necessarily. Like, yeah, certainly he spent a lot of money here and I think he's frustrated that other people really haven't. And, you know, it's it's not about what he's done or whatever. It's just, you have to think about what his incentives are and, like, he wants the city to be nicer and, like, it's not his responsibility to do that. And I think he's just trying to get that to happen. 
Yeah, I'm just saying, like, if if casinos are going to start complaining about things to the CRDA, that might be the thing that finally spurs the CRDA to say, like, oh, yeah, let's throw, you know, whatever it would take to fix some streetlights or to, you know, add some enforcement in places. Is this actually about the CRDA, though, or is this just about the state more generally? Because every single person in Atlantic City politics for the last however many years has complained about the state and probably all these casino owners and everything because the amount of money they've taken out of Atlantic City over the years and and certainly have not been interested in reinvesting it there. And that's why it's a tough situation. And I don't think, and I think what's confusing to me is that this stuff all gets associated as him pointing the finger at the city government, but that's not really accurate. Like the city government, as we said, (laughs) doesn't have that much power to affect change even on this like limited scale. No, yeah. The city government has no power. Yeah, like the, even the change of the form of government to the city manager thing. Like there's so much energy being focused on a city government that can't do anything without state approval. So it's just, it's very odd. And so that ends an hour of talk about state and city <laughs> yes. government structure, which is exactly what everyone wanted. <laughs> We'd like to thank you for listening, listening to episode six of Two for a Win. Um. <laughs> uh, yes, really, it feels like going home. Uh, it's, it's been a while since that's happened, but... It was a good time. I had fun, at least. It, it's funny because they're sort of innocuous quotes, almost like they're not real specific. But I mean, they're not real quotes that do anything. But eh, it's burned a good conversation, so yeah. can't totally bash it. A conversation we probably haven't had for a hundred episodes. Yeah, sixty it's been, episodes. It's, it's been a long time, and uh, yeah, maybe we should talk to to Bill and or Eleanor too, because I know they have a lot of good thoughts about this stuff too. So. Yeah, and they would have a completely different perspective. Right. As I mean, locals. They, they live there, so right. in the city. Anyway, thank you all very much for listening. Uh, you can let us know what you thought of that. I don't know if people like it or want a lot less of that and a lot more of <laughs> bullshitting about gambling. But uh, if you have any comments, you can reach out to us on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash do for a win or on Twitter at do for a win. Uh, you can find all of our content at do for Find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Spotify. Uh, send questions to do for a win at gmail.com and buy plenty of our shirts because we still have a bunch. Any last words, Greg? Pencil in both weekends, 6th, March 6th, March 13th. Yeah. I think we will try to be back next week, perhaps with an update. Try to try to narrow it down a little bit. Talk some data. Talk some year end. Talk some data. data. Yeah, it's it's there, but you know, sometimes you have to have a passionate Atlantic City general discussion. And this opens us up for a full hour of just of data data talk. Oh, it's going to be good. I'm so excited. Be sure to tune in next week for that. You don't want to miss it. Oh my god, I don't want to select the images with bicycles. This is impossible. Oh, it's like that one has only a wheel in it. Like how... Jerks.